I'm, I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that. Uh, And fail. The service is the worship. So let the will of the Most High prevail. When you do it with all your heart and prosper, do it with just a part and fail. The service is the worship. So let the will of the Most High prevail. The harvest is plenty, the fruits are ripe and drop. Too many distracted by the rat race to the top. Uh, but I and I optimistic. Said John, don't make no mistake. Confident in all we do and say. Cause I and I try to do it the most highway. When we do it with all our heart and prosper. Just a part and fail The service is the worship So let the will of the Most High prevail When you do it with all your heart and prosper Do it with just a part and fail The service is the worship So let the will of the Most High prevail Some people want destruction of their enemies so that is when they activate Orchestrated vicious strategy Motivated by hate The soul is laying wait A generation of vipers Plotting to constrict the flow So I and I must know When to let go And just do it with all your heart and prosper just a part and fail The service is the worship So let the will of the Most High prevail When you do it with all your heart and prosper Do it with just a part and fail The service is the worship So let the will of the Most High prevail All I heart, I prosper Do it with just 
Tissues forming organisms like particles splitting. I'm volatile. Be wary of me. The spawn of the sun and the earth be born on hollow ground. Messed around and open up a goddamn portal spitting. They call me VC because I'm greasing rappers on their turf. And plot revolts to quote me later. Say I hardly spoke. Cause I'm a quiet assassin with passion for fire. Blaze the trails and leave the victims catching breath inside the smoke. This is the revival left at Fiverr Rap, Harlem City. Epitome of street survival rap, hard and gritty. A law's math with a swag that can't match. Cast from the blast of the Elohim, God is with me I spark fear in their hearts with 50,000 watts of light beams From out the deepest chasms of the darkness He's first, I leave my mark and they say they can't mark it But these is gemstones, bezel cut, laying in gold copper Language so proper, I enunciate the doctrine Taking converts, you wonder why my name is so popular I came from a jungle made of concrete and conflict Liars and them tigers and them bears held us hostage Where I learned the difference between authentic and imposters Where I turn my sentences, the loaded guns and cocked them There I stayed alone, beware of sinisters and monsters Now I'm plaguing fingers in the center of a mosh pit uh-huh. I'm the center of your conscience The black dot, honey skin, the pinnacle of progress The future of music look brighter than the solar flare I'm blacker than Garvey, you whiter than the polar bear Hold it there, you don't want a saucer with the holy veil Box the crowd and leave my mic like artifacts Holy grail, matter of fact, you can call me the prophet I'm probably Jew Ali incarnate, so stop it This is a letter to them veterans and brolic ninjas Who fought blood wars, shots leading bodies crippled I'm trying to catch them for they 
they end up as a homie victim Guess you call me past the saving cats with the phonics system They wanna block me cause I'm not like these regular broads Speak revelations off the top like I'm channeling God And my my sisters keep a bell hooks and Audrey Law and ass by me I protect the goddess with katana swords I'm type L like I'm typhoid, no vaccine You a hypochondriac, I live rap, you practicing I break rules like white boys in courtrooms Where that cracker George at the bounty step and make moves I'm sort of the rapper, the half the game been waiting on The other half is waiting to see who next they hating on But it don't matter cause I'm bread tough and carbon form Give you plus lessons then you see how knowledge born <laughs> Home of the Gods. joyful exaltations and greetings to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Women's Wednesday. I'm your host, Mariama Tene. Blessings, greetings, and love to all within the listening ear. Tonight's theme is the five types of power and the five jewels. The five types of power and the five jewels. We're going to start off tonight in the praise up as there is nothing new under the sun that the Most High hasn't shown what it is and where it begun. 
We're going to start off in 2 Timothy 1 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Acts 1 8. But ye shall receive power. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Luke 10.9, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. 1 Corinthians 4.20 For the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. 1 Corinthians 6.14 And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Ephesians 6.10 Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Ephesians 3, 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Colossians 1.11 Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Luke 24.49 And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with the power from on high. And 2 Corinthians 13.11 Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. In Yeshua's name, the five types of power and the five jewels. We're going to explore. We're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace. Gonna master the art of following It's already been told Happily after It happens in fairy tales They dreams are never But I was taught from the start Now here you are Shining through the sky Light in my dark Even stars burn out But you held as far Now here you are To stay Feel the way I do your thing 
changes and rearranges Nothing in my life remains the same Constantly moving, never changing Rearranging It's all about the changes and rearranges
second our reason about with future plans Teach the wealth that felt throughout all the troubled lands And not to mention the importance of self-sustainability Blessings and grace, and I'm back with the five types of power and the five jewels. I sought out this topic because of all of the myriad distractions that are happening in the media and in the world today. Everyone's head is turning left and right, trying to understand and understand as they stand. So I think it's time we understand that we have the power. And in doing so, I reference the ancient art of psychological warfare. The ancient art of psychological warfare and those that have used it to their betterment. You know, taking care of number one, self-protection, is job one. We're not much good to anyone unless we first get our own house in order. We can't help others unless we first make ourselves strong. It does no one any good if you drown while you're trying to save another drowning swimmer. Now, billionaire J. Paul Getty, who made it his business to read men, identified five personality types that bubble to the surface whenever men are faced with challenge and adversity. The first type is the helpless. Those who sit paralyzed, overwhelmed by the rush of unforeseen events. The helpless. Overwhelmed by the rush of unforeseen events. That's what's happening right now. And cowards, number two. Those who are ready to flee or surrender as soon as things start to go sour. And three, flailers who strike out blindly and ineffectively flailing about, squandering precious resources. Sometimes flailers actually get lucky and accidentally succeed. Unfortunately, the accidental success only fueled their belief that superstition rules life rather than foresight and sweat. And four, we have the hole pluggers, defensive fighters who solve problems as they arise. Whereas they may respond correctly and even effectively in the long run, 
they are always playing catch-up because they respond only after a problem has manifested. This, this is what we have to stop doing. <laughs> Reacting, responding after the problem has been manifested. And true leaders, true leaders, on the other hand, deal with little problems before they become big problems, big enemies, attacked. True leaders decisively and effectively counterattacked. They know that their best defense is a good defense. All of us fall into one of J. Paul Getty's five types. While it's theoretically possible for us to step outside the box and exhibit any of these responses, our core personality, our core personality, our basic way of dealing with life is built around these predictable reactions and our enemy too. So when faced with a threat, physical or psychological, real or imagined, humans respond in one of four ways, withdrawal, submission, seeking love, or seeking power. Withdrawal, we run away. When we can't physically run away, we draw in our psyche and senses like a turtle withdrawing into its shell and like an ostrich burying its head in the sand. Hiding your head in the sand, on the other hand, when figuratively or literally can never qualify as a good strategy. Submission. Unable to flee, we surrender. We submit to a higher authority while trying to maintain a low profile. We go along to get along, hoping the bully won't pick on us. Sometimes we even help the bully pick on others so he won't pick on us. Press hard enough, we bow down. Seeking love. Ideally, we should be able to insulate ourselves from the cruel world by surrounding ourselves with people who truly love us and respect us. When successful, we are blessed with family and friends and true love. And allies, which provide us with a sense of security that comes from having a strong, dependable support network. When we fail to find genuine love and respect, we end up looking for love in all the wrong places. Cults, gangs, toxic relationships, and seeking power. These first three, withdrawal, submission, and seeking love, are all simply ways of seeking the power to control our lives. First of all, power isn't a dirty word. It's natural to seek control in a situation. From birth, we constantly struggle to gain power, power over ourselves, how to walk, how to talk, power over our environment, when and where to walk and talk. Later, we seek power over our enemies. This is a natural drive. It's in our DNA. This is our DNA. The more power we exercise over ourselves and our environment, the better our chances of surviving long enough to pass our DNA to another generation. Ever heard of survival of the fittest, adapt or die. Conversely, and as usual, society tries its best to beat this natural urge down. Thus, we've all been taught to deny any thoughts of personal power. We are taught this by political and religious leaders because the power to think for ourselves, that first and foremost of powers, means we will no longer need them to think for us. When they warn us that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, they've only frightened themselves by looking too closely in the mirror at themselves. 
Besides, shouldn't the power to choose extend to the power to choose whether or not we want to be corrupted? Some people might choose to be corrupted. And this would be a perfect way to discover who's sincerely a saint and who definitely ain't. Look how many power-hungry but otherwise powerless people in the world would never we would never have heard of. But without power, if only the power to think for ourselves, our choices are more limited. And all too often, those with power make choices for us. Oftentimes, we shy away from the idea of power because we equate having power with being responsible. None of us wants to be the one left holding the bag, the person who's blamed when everything falls apart. No guts, no glory. Life isn't about taking chances. It's about taking control. Of course, sometimes you have to be willing to take a chance in order to get control. Now, the five kinds of power. Power is properly defined as the possibility that one actor within a social relationship will be in a position to carry out his own will despite resistance. Now, the black sciences, the ancient art of psychological warfare, defines power as the ability to get your way and exercise your will. Frederick Nietzsche said all people have within them the innate creative urge he called will to power. This will to power drives us to become more than what we are at the present moment, to test limits, to push against our walls, no matter how comforting those walls might be at first glance. To seek power, first over ourselves and then over the universe at large. When we feel a vague and sometimes not so vague dissatisfaction with ourselves, it's because we are denying this instinctual drive within us. In other words, we're not living up to our full potential. We've already established that human beings only use their brains 10% efficiently. Another way of putting this is that far too many of us only use our lives 10% effectively. This is bad news for you if you're one of these people. On the other hand, this is good news for you because the odds you because the odds are your enemy is also one of these people. Nietzsche goes on to say that power and pleasure are intricately linked. Power brings us pleasure, and pleasure in turn gives us a feeling of power. Look at your own life. When are you performing at your best, at your peak? You feel powerful, like you could do no wrong. Athletes call this feeling being in the zone, where you perform flawlessly, where your ears and years of study and sweat finally pay off. Remember, chance favors the prepared mind. Chance favors the prepared mind. As, as um, my mother used to tell me, you know, when, when preparation meets opportunity, that's when you get success. When preparation meets opportunity, that's when you have success. So where does your enemy draw his power from? from an inner reserve of true self-esteem and self-confidence, or merely from the uniform he wears? What gives your enemy pleasure? Can you influence him by offering him more of his preferred pleasure or by threatening to cut off his source of pleasure? How convenient for you when your enemy's favorite pleasure is considered taboo by current society standards? Where does your enemy run to when feeling powerless, to his Bible or to the bottle, to his priest or to his hooker? When his power base is threatened, will he run for his gun 
or run for the hills. Remember that Sun Tzu teaches us to always leave the enemy a way out, if only so we can better ambush him further down the road. What the inferior man seeks in others, including power, the superior man seeks in himself. What the inferior man seeks in others, which includes power, the superior man seeks within himself. The five basic sources for power are love and respect power, carrot power, stick power, expert power, and position power. Now let's break those down. Love and respect power. This power depends on how much you are liked by others. It is a genuine power flowing from people who care, support, and follow you out of love and loyalty rather than those who follow behind you for personal gain and or from fear. Ask whether it was better for a prince to be loved or feared. Machiavelli replied, it was safer to be feared since in the long run it offers the prince more security. Machiavelli went on to remind us that there's a big difference between being feared and being hated. And carrot power, which is also known as reward power, comes from your ability to manipulate others by dispensing rewards. Exercising this kind of power, you control the carrot. And stick power, also known as coercive power, comes from your willingness to wield the stick to threaten and to punish others. Sometimes the stick is simply a piece of information you hold over another person. Other times you may have to resort to more literal stick. <laughs> and expert power. Expert power comes from your special skill, unique abilities, or special intelligence you've collected or you can get your hands on. In a crisis, one naturally occurring or a crisis of your manufacture, your expertise, special skills, and or information is suddenly in demand and you humbly accept your due. A leader who steps forward in times of chaos with just the right plan, expertise, or equipment to stop madness fits this category. A ninja spy and an inside trader on Wall Street can also fit this category when by hook or crook they come into possession of valuable pieces of information, information that can give them power over others and or influence over events, the outcome of a battle. Often the person wielding this kind of specialized information becomes the power behind the throne. In medieval times, the court jester was often the most informed man in the kingdom. Thinking him the fool, everyone talked freely in front of him. And position power. Position power comes from a person's recognized and agreed upon right to issue commands and make demands of others. For example, we all agree police have the power to arrest and that the president has the power to make war. The office and rank they hold and our consent give them their power. Position power is thus dependent on and derived from others who obey you because they believe it's their duty and or obligation to recognize your position within a social pecking order. There are, however, two drastically different variations of position power. Legitimate position power. This power comes from having won a position, either through some sort of election process or else by universal acclamation after you've seized the power albeit with the blessings of those involved. 
Julius Caesar fits this category, but so does Hitler. Both seizing power in troubled times, with little resistance because they were heralded as deliverers, or at least the lesser of the two evils at the time. Sound familiar? Legitimate in this sense simply means the ability to get power and to hold on to it. And false position power. On the other hand, false position power comes from simply wearing a uniform. This uniform can be anything from an actual military, police, or guard uniform to that silly hat your cult makes you wear. Never mistake position for power. Mythology tells us that Lucifer had power, but did he? He had a position in heaven, but any power he exercised could be taken from him and was. And was. Any power that depends on the car you drive, the key you turn, the uniform you wear, or the desk they give you to sit behind ain't worth squat, since they can take it from you at any time. And next I'm going to move forward into the five jewels, which is also known as Vietnamese sense training. The wise Buddha once observed that our greatest weapon in our enemy's mind, meaning an enemy's blinding anger, greed, hatred, and any other negative emotion can all be turned to our advantage, allowing us to get inside his head in order to throw him off his game. Lost Fighting Arts of Vietnam Now the Black Crows were masters of Am Thi Tin, the art of suggestibility. Propaganda intended to show doubt and harvest fear in the enemy's heart. Now they knew that somewhere within that ten, the seven passions we all possess, could be found a weakness to successfully trip up any foe. Joy, sorrow, love, hope, lust, attraction, fear, repulsion, and anger. Realizing that a foe is motivated by one of these passions, the own mind assassin, the mind assassin, expertly turned it to its opposite. Thus joy can be turned to sorrow, sorrow distracted and dissipated by joy, love made to doubt becomes jealousy and ultimately hate. In turn, hate can be soothed or at least confused by the appearance or the illusion of love, and love and lust come disguised as one another all too easily. Lust can easily override fear, which is common sense. What we fear, we also hate. Yet people often use intense hate to hide their secret lust, even from themselves. And anger can be used to either open our eyes, which is righteous anger in response to injustice, or it can blind us by feeding emotions like hate and fear. Now the Black Crows, the Gao Holt strategy, consists of five complementing and overlapping stages. Jewels. The five jewels designed to aid the mind assassin in first assessing a situation or individual and then crafting an appropriate approach strategy. Now the first one is can now, literally the war of nerves. Now the war of nerves consists of alertness, realizing that a problem exists, preferably while the problem is still small, and the patience to gather necessary intelligence before acting. And dumdu literally means to watch. At this stage, we watch. We gather intelligence either through direct experience or else through agents. And komak, to evaluate. 
At this stage, we sift the intelligence gathering, separating the wheat from the chaff. And Guao Guan, the five weaknesses, similar to the Gogo Gyoko strategy of the Japanese ninja, itself from the Chinese Taoist Wu Sing. At this stage, we look to see which of the five senses dominate our target. Which of the five senses dominates the target? This corresponds to one or more of the emotional warning flags. And flag stands for fear, lust, anger, greed, and sympathy, which dominate all of us at one time or another. And chok literally means to draw out, right? To choke them out. <laughs> at this stage, we blend all the intelligence gathered in the previous four stages into a jewel, so dazzling, it will literally draw our enemy out into the open. This stage is sometimes called la meh, which means to bewitch, similar to the ancient Celtic concept of glamour. Now the three monkeys sense training. Three monkeys sense training. Before trying to influence the mind of others, we must first rein in our own restless and undisciplined mind. In the East, the uncontrolled mind of a man is symbolized by scampering, easily distracted monkey. Rather than being deaf, dumb, and blind, the three hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil monkeys of the Far East are actually a Buddhist depiction of the proper way to meditate. By closing off the senses and eliminating distractions, thus calming and better focusing the mind to increase your own power of focus. To increase your own power of focus. Sit in a quiet place, in a comfortable position, Breathe in slowly, deeply, and deliberately several times while you concentrate on sounds around you. First from those close by, then as your concentration increases to sounds further and further away. When your body begins to itch and twitch, your mind begins to bitch. Simply take another deep breath and gently but firmly draw your attention back to listening to the sounds around you. The calming effect of this concentration meditation exercise alone makes it worthwhile. But the ultimate goal and benefit will be your reaching the point where you can pinpoint your focus of attention onto anything. A person or task you wish and hold it there without being distracted. Such single point focus is a valuable tool in the mind assassin's arsenal. The lesson of the Tao, yin-yang symbol, also called the Tai Chi, supreme ultimate, and the Chachuri, is never take your eye off the prize. Never take your eye off the prize. Never allow yourself to be distracted from the goal. And the goal in mind, control is to be the distractor and not the distracted. As with physical battlefield, so too the hazards of mental minefields. A single misstep is all it takes. A casual lapse in concentration can make you a casualty. To overstand the five jewels that come together to create the large sparkling jewel to draw your enemy out so that you can see in full view what's up against you. And also within that field of view knowing how to destroy it. 
ones must take back their power. And you can't do it from outside of yourself. It starts inside, not outside, inside. You have to train your mind to see what's available. Because all is available outside of the illusion. So we must clear our focus and get in focus within ourselves in Yeshua's name. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the go and gnosis. Blessings and grace. Hi for Yeah. 
Blessings and grace, and I'm back with the Go and Gnosis, your news infused with consciousness. I'm going to start off first at the New York Times. Um, Defense Secretary Jim Mattis urged President Trump to get congressional approval before the United States launched airstrikes against Syria last week, but was overruled by Mr. Trump, who wanted a rapid and dramatic response, military and administration officials said. Mr. Trump, the official said, wanted to be seen as backing up a series of tweets with action, but was warned that an overly aggressive response risked igniting a wider war with Russia. Friday night's limited strikes on three targets, which lasted under two minutes, were the compromise. The debate reflects a divide between Mr. Trump and the defense secretary, who, like no other member of the cabinet, has managed to maintain a cordial relationship with the president, even while reining him in. Until this month, Mr. Mattis had a buffer at the White House and the former National Security Advisor, Lieutenant General H.R. McMaster, who often deferred to the Defense Secretary, a retired four-star Marine General. The arrival of Mr. Trump's new National Security Advisor, John R. Bolton, means that the buffer is gone. Administration and congressional officials said that the hawkish Mr. Bolton is not expected to defer to the Defense Secretary. Already, neoconservative members of the Republican Party um, foreign policy establishment have started to, to air concerns that Mr. Mattis is ceding strategic territory to Iran and Russia and Syria. Mr. Mattis is widely viewed by global leaders as the strongest and most perhaps most credible voice on foreign policy in an administration that has been rocked by firings and resignations among senior presidential advisors. The recent exits of both General McMaster and Rex Tillerson as Secretary of State have focused more attention on Mr. Mattis' role in the cabinet. On Tuesday, Mr. Mattis and General Joseph F. Dunfar, Jr., Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, briefed lawmakers on Capitol Hill about the Syria airstrikes and closed-door meetings. We've got to put a check on this president on any president when it comes to Congress's constitutional responsibility to wage war. Representative Barbara Lee, Democrat of California, said in an interview on Tuesday she called last week's serious strikes illegal. As he pressed his case last week before the Allied strikes with Britain and France, Mr. Mattis lost the battle over getting congressional authorization, but he won the larger war. Mr. Mattis prevailed in limiting the strikes to three targets that did not risk endangering Russian troops scattered at military installations around Syria. Nor did the 105 missiles hit Syrian military units believed to be responsible for carrying out an April 7th suspected chemical weapons attack on Douma near Damascus. In the end, the narrowly targeted strikes belied Mr. Trump's description Friday night of a larger coordinated response that could take days or weeks. So this president is not getting the appropriate congressional authority to wage war. And that is very serious. So ones need to pray. Ones, ones need to really pray that this is not escalated into something bigger and that the ones in Congress are able to hold this president accountable and rein him in from any further actions of war and killing and violence in the world. And moving forward, on rawstory.com, a Wisconsin man who blew himself up building a bomb kept a stash of white supremacist literature. He blew himself up 
Praise be for that. White supremacist literature was found in the home of a Wisconsin man who blew himself up, the Associated Press reports. Beaver Dam resident Benjamin Morrow was killed when his apartment blew up. Inside, rescue workers found a homemade explosive laboratory where he made the explosives out of peroxide. A newly uncovered search warrant for electronic records says that Marrow had documents concerning white supremacy groups. He also had two rifles, a scope, a handgun, hundreds of rounds of ammunition, and a bulletproof helmet and vest. According to his loving obituary, Morrow was a devoted Baptist, educated at a Christian college in Pensacola, Florida, before blowing himself up with a homemade bomb. He worked for a pharmaceutical company and a food producer. As a result of Morrow's use of dangerous toxic materials, authorities had to blow up the building where he lived. The 10 other families living there were thankfully unharmed, but have lost their home. He blew himself up as it should have been. And moving forward, blessings and strength to ones in Puerto Rico as they are still going through an extreme hardship. Puerto Rico is to close 283 schools, 283 schools, according to the New York Post, as enrollment plunges. San Juan, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico's Department of Education announced Thursday that it will close 283 schools this summer following a sharp drop in enrollment amid the island's long economic slump and the continued departure of families after Hurricane Maria. Education Secretary Julia Kelleher said that there would be no layoffs with teachers and other employees being reassigned to other schools as part of a fiscal plan that aims to save the department some $150 million. The U.S. territory has more than 1,100 public schools and served 319,000 students. We know it's been a difficult and painful process, Kalera said. Our children deserve the best education that we are capable of giving them, taking into account Puerto Rico's fiscal reality. Blessings and strength to the youth there and to the parents, and hopefully they are finding other ways to continue educating their children, as this is a generation now caught up in the mayhem of this crisis that has struck that country. And moving forward into Forbes.com. Um, on Forbes.com, the Department of Homeland Security is now compiling database of journalists and media influencers. The Department of Homeland Security is compiling a database of journalists and media influencers. The real question, of course, is what is the government's plans to do with the information it compiles? And there's been no comment on that beyond what is in this posting, which, by the way, has interests of at least seven companies. In today's installment of I'm Not Terrified, You Are, <laughs> Bloomberg government reports on FidBezOps.gov posting by the Department of Homeland Security with the relatively benign-sounding subject, Media Monitoring Services. The details of the attached statement of work, however, outline a plan to gather and monitor the public activities of media professionals and influencers and are enough to cause nightmares of constitutional proportions, particularly as the freedom of the press is under attack worldwide. An attack is not a hyperbolic. Everyday journalists face serious consequences, including physical violence, imprisonment, and death. A few days ago, the committee 
to protect journalists launched its annual Free the Press campaign to raise awareness about imprisoned journalists throughout the world. On May 3rd, UNESCO will once again mark World Press Freedom Day to inform citizens of violations of press freedom. A reminder that in dozens of countries around the world, publications are censored, fined, suspended, and closed down while journalists, editors, and publishers are harassed, attacked, detained, and even murdered. Meanwhile, the United States government, traditionally one of the bastions of press freedom, is about to compile a list of professional journalists and top media influencers, which would seem to include bloggers and podcasters, and monitor what they're putting out to the public. Interesting. So the Department of Homeland Security is now compiling a database of journalists and media influencers, which include bloggers and podcasters. And on LAProgressive.com, more black men are in prison today than enslaved in 1850. This is a fact. More black men are in prison today than enslaved in 1850. More black men are in prison or jail or on probation or parole than were enslaved in 1850 before the Civil War began, Michelle Alexander told a standing room only house at the Pasadena Main Library the first of many jarring points she made in a riveting presentation. Alexander, currently a law professor at Ohio State, had been brought in to discuss her bestseller, The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration in the Age of Colorblindness. Interest ran so high beforehand that the organizers had to move the event to a location that could accommodate the eager attendees. That evening, more than 200 people braved the pouring rain and inevitable traffic jams to crowd into the library's main room, with dozens, with, with dozens more shuffled into the overflow room and even more latecomers turned away altogether. Alexander and her topic had struck a nerve. Growing crime rates over the past 30 years don't explain the, the, the skyrocketing numbers of black and increasingly brown men caught in America's prison system. According to Alexander, who clerked for the Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman after attending Stanford Law, in fact, crime rates have fluctuated over the years and are now at historical lows. Most of that increase is due to the war on drugs, a war waged almost exclusively in poor communities of color, she said. Even though studies have shown that whites use and sell illegal drugs at rates equal to or above blacks, in some black inner city communities, four of five black youth can be expected to be caught up in the criminal justice system during their lifetime. As a consequence, a great many black men are disenfranchised, said Alexander, prevented by and because of their felony convictions from voting and from living in public housing, discriminated in hiring, excluded from juries, and denied educational opportunities. What do we expect them to do, she asked, who researched her groundbreaking book while serving as the director of Racial Justice Project at the ACLU of Northern California. Well, 70% return to prison within two years. That's what they do. Organized by the Pasadena Public Library and the Flint Ridge Center, with a dozen or more co-sponsors, including the ACLU, Pasadena Foothills Chapter, and a neighborhood church, and the LA Progressive as a sole media sponsor, the event drew a crowd that coveted 
frankly, more than two-thirds from Pasadena's well-established black community and others drawn from the activist circle. Although Alexander is a polished speaker and on deeply researched topic, little she said stunned the crowd, which after all was the choir. So the question is what to do about this glaring injustice. What do we do about this glaring injustice? Well, praise the Most High, something is being done. According to theshaderoom.com, Atlanta's new mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, just launched a new jail-to-jobs reentry program. After just 100 days in office under her belt, she's already making big moves to help prison inmates find employment after their release. According to CBS 46, the program is called PAT, Preparing Adult Offenders Through Treatment therapy and training, and it, and it allows nonviolent state prisoners to get vocational training while they are behind bars. They even have opportunities to start their new jobs before they are released. These are city employees who will have benefits, and more importantly, they'll have a paycheck. So what does that mean? That means that, they, that, that they're incarcerated and that they can start paying child support while they're incarcerated. They can start paying rent, but most importantly, when they're released, they will still be City employees, Mayor Lance Bottom shared, these men have an opportunity, not just for a job, but this is a career pathway, she added. The mayor went on to share that with this new program, it's close to her heart because her father suffered with opioid addiction and he was also incarcerated. The struggles that my dad had and his imprisonment and the impact it had on my brothers and sisters, and also our family as a whole. As I shared throughout the course of the campaign, it was really the death of our family, she said. The first eight participants had an opportunity to meet the mayor and have already started working for their city's watershed department. Blessings and grace to the strength and courage of the new Atlanta mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, on putting this program together efficiently and effectively, and hopefully hundreds of thousands will take advantage of it. And also, in terms of what's happening with our prison system and the paroled felons, New York governor announces he'll give paroled felons the right to vote through executive order. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is about to make some major changes. On Wednesday, he announced that he will sign an executive order that gives paroled felons a chance to vote again. According to The Hill, the move comes after New York legislators shot down the measure. I'm going to make it law by executive order, Cuomo said at the National Action Network's annual conference. In this state, when you're released from prison and you're on parole, you still don't have the right to vote, Cuomo said. Now, how can that be? You did your time. You paid your debt. You're released but you still don't have a right to vote? The order will give over 36,000 parolees a chance to have their voices heard. The governor said this was a necessary move because the Republican-led Senate was against passing a law that gives parolees who have done their time their voting rights back. So, so far we have two politicians stepping forward. And pray, and we have to pray that more do so. And we have to add our voices to our local elected officials to make the voices heard for those that cannot speak and don't get a vote. They deserve it. They've paid their debt. They've done their time. So they should be able to, to help decide the kind of framework of a world that they live in afterwards. And on foxnews.com, 
priests flocked to Rome for exorcism courses as a demand for the ritual surges. Exorcism, the Catholic-sanctioned ritual to root out demons, doesn't just exist in movies. In fact, the practice has become so popular that the Vatican's week-long workshop on the practice is now gaining attention, and attendance is booming. About 200 Roman Catholics arrived at the Pontifical Regina Apostolorium University in Rome on Monday for a series of lectures on topics such as spotting differences between demonic possession and mental illness and witchcraft in Africa. <laughs> and witchcraft in Africa. Interesting. According to Reuters, they call me and we speak and that's how we do it. Cardinal Ernest Simonia of, of Albania told the news agency after his lecture, adding that he reads his prayers in Latin over the phone. The focus of the course, titled Exorcism and the Prayer of Liberation, is to offer a rich reflection and articulation on a topic that is sometimes unspoken and controversial. Italian priest and exorcist Bignino Pelilia told Vatican Radio in February, We touch on the most burning issues from the sex link to, Saint to Satanism to the telling their story of liberation from their possession, he added. The course was set up amid the increasing popularity of tarot card readers and fortune tellers that opened the door to the devil and to possession, Palila said. Professor Giuseppe Ferrari, an organizer of the event, told Reuters that the number of exorcisms has definitely increased over the years as the request to carry out exorcism has increased. This course is useful because it prepares the priests who carry out exorcism to have a complete vision and a multidisciplinary view of the situation, he added. The BBC reported that the course has been offered since 2005 and over the past 13 years, the numbers of priests attending has more than doubled. Theologians, psychologists, doctors, and criminologists are reported to be among the lecturers this week. Students who complete the course will receive a certificate, but Ferrari told Reuters that only priests with a license or permission from a bishop can carry out exorcism. It is Jesus who liberates. It is his power, Simone was quoted as saying, In all the exorcisms I have done, the Lord has helped me. I am not the great one. And no, you are not. Palila noted that the demand for exorcism service has tripled in the last few years to 500,000, 500,000 cases in Italy alone. Although most cases of alleged demonic possession were prompted by psychological and spiritual issues, in France the demand for exorcists has also soared, but the services were outsourced to independent operators who conduct the exorcism as the Catholic Church neglected for years the training of priests in the practice despite strong public demand, The Economist reported. There are roughly 100 exorcists in France, yet most remain inactive. Palella warned about using untrained priests for getting rid of demons. A self-taught exorcist certainly meets errors, he said. I will say it more. It would also take a period of apprenticeship, as happened for many professionals. In 2014, the Vatican officially recognized ex exorcism as a practice under canon law. But what I find very interesting in this article is that they specified African witchcraft as if there's no witchcraft in Turkey, in Persia, Albania, in Russia, in China, <laughs> Tibet. There's witchcraft everywhere. So why are they focusing on the witchcraft in Africa?
something to think about. And moving forward, on the dailymail.co.uk, Belgium is to name first square after Congo independence hero Lumumba. Praise. You know, Denmark has the Queen Mary statue to the black women that did the fire burn, burning down 50 plantations to, you know, stop the Danish rule and enslavement over in St. Croix. And now Belgium is also paying homage. Belgium is to set to, to, to name a square in Brussels after late Congolese independence hero Patrice Lumumba, the first public place in a former colonial power to honor him, an official said Tuesday. Brussels Mayor Philippe Close said that the local council would vote next Monday on his proposal for the tribute to Lumumba, who was assassinated in 1961. The socialist mayor told RTBF Radio he was extremely proud to end what he called a taboo in Belgium after years of efforts by the Congolese community for some kind of memorial to Lumumba. On June 30th, Brussels, for the first time, while have a, while have a Patrice Lumumba Square that will happen at a local council, and we are extremely proud to, to acknowledge that. A square in the Mangtong area, the heart of Brussels, vibrant Congolese community, will be named after Lumumba, and a plaque erected there in his honor, Close said. This is an area everyone knows, which has a very deep symbolism for our community. It is a great victory, Lydia Matubele, a local socialist council who led the project, told AFP. Matubele, now 39, was born in the Congo, but came to Belgium at the age of six. She said Lumumba was an emblematic figure for the whole African continent. Big ups and praises to Belgium for having the strength and the presence of mind to erect and name a square after Patrice Lumumba. And also, um, last but, lot, but not least, on the Washington Post, D.C. police learn black history as a part of a new training program. D.C. police officers will take courses on critical race theory and visit the National Museum of African American History and Culture as part of a new training program. Mayor Muriel E. Bowser, Democrat, announced Friday morning outside the museum. The program, developed through a partnership between the D.C. Police and the University of the District of Columbia Community College, comes in the wake amid nationwide concern over biased policing and the use of force by officers, particularly in communities of color. We are committed to accountability, said Bowser, to strengthen the bonds of trust between MPD and our residents. While Bowser did report say that crime has decreased in the district, the end of 2017 saw a 23% drop in violent crimes and 17% fewer homicide. Negative interactions between officers and black residents remain an issue. So even though crime is down, the negative interactions is still an issue. The program takes officers through a day of training, which includes a three-hour lecture on black history, a guided tour through the National Museum of African American History and Culture, and a lesson on U Street, where officers examine police brutality. The effort comes as departments throughout the country have increased efforts to recognize and counter bias. In a similar move, the Chicago Police Department last year announced recruits would tour the Dusable 
Museum of African American History, and the Illinois Holocaust Museum as part of their mandatory training. In the district, the program's facilitators hope to provide officers with an insight into African American experience in the national capital. If you're going to be a police officer in Washington, you need to understand the history of the city, and race is a big part of that, said Chuck Wexler, executive director of Police Executive Research Forum. Wexler has studied a range of issues related to police conduct from gun violence, prevention, to heroin epidemic. Police Chief Peter Newsham said the museum's exhibits force officers to confront ugly moments of history in policing. People who were supposed to serve and protect had played in the enforcement of discriminatory, racist, and unjust policies and laws, Newsham said. The museum includes very honest and poignant stories of the role that policing played in some of the historical injustice of our country. So I am glad that this is happening in these two places, in um, Chicago and also Washington, D.C., and I pray and hope that other um, cities throughout the country offer the same kind of training and history lesson to the offices around the country. You know, it is so necessary because people in schools are not learning the correct African history or the black American experience. It is twiddled down to either two pages or eight paragraphs. And that's it. You're three-fifths of a man according to the vote. You learn that in the fourth or fifth grade. And um, I think like in the third or fourth grade, you learn about slavery. And that's it. There's so much more. We've invented so many things. A black man invented the cell phone. A black man invented the first video game cartridge. There's so much history. A black woman invented LASIK eye surgery. You see? So once their eyes are opened up, hopefully, the cloud of illusion can be dispelled. We're going to take a music moment and come back with technology. Blessings and grace. Time for his detention Hear them out Hear what the streets talk about No justice, no peace Them shout One more politician, one more doubt One man cry Represent all vote Unfair practice, them don't spiral route. make sure you Feed your mind and just your mouth Blind repetition cause Spiritual drought, sure In these times the weak without the real camouflage has make believe what is on your screen was already conceived isn't it ironic how you wipe your plate clean what you gonna do when we level the play field Aye. time for his detention in a due time for his detention cycle repeat in a slow motion renegade style for shot of the faction for real time for in a due time for his detention Cycle repeat in a slow motion Renegade style shot a action. Mental slavery, them still a chain with Them who remain ignorant are getting used daily Religious fanatics, none them never speak plainly Hand with them struggle at the focus mainly Lost originality, no morality I chant truth and I chant reality Supply the guns and still a farm charity Hide underground and then the 
drive out the majority Walk on the TV, them get caught, believe me Living in a world where nothing has come freely Had them they loan, what them care about really All on them knees and them still asleep easy, you feel? Time for his detention In a due time for his detention Cycle repeat in a slow motion When he gets tight, shut up the function For real, time for his detention In a due time for his detention Cycle repeat in a slow motion when he gets tight, shut up the faction Truth be told, the pressure coming back tenfold No amount of money cannot save your soul Can't box me income in now on your payroll What kind of liberty what them are uphold Some choose life and some choose gold Some choose humility and some are work cool With no follow fashion, cause them fashion too cool Find truth that's your own, cause the strong stand alone hey, let me read your prophecy Full circle I come around with a tenacity Sabotage life Now you come out with a casualty No more you plead Do time for you pay your penalty Be real Time for his detention In a due time for his detention Cycle repeat in a slow motion When he gets tail shut in the faction Aye. Time for his detention In a due time for When he gets style, shut up in the faction Hear them out, hear what the streets talk about No justice, no peace, them a shout One more politician, one more doubt One man cry, represent all both Unfair practice, them spiral route Make sure you feed your mind, not just your mouth Blind repetition, cause spiritual drought Sure, in all these times, the week without
your own dreams and you'll do everything you can to achieve so hope for the best prepare for the worst you determine your own worth you hold your own fate you can take the high road or you can take the low road i suggest the road less traveled yeah
Blessings and grace, and I'm back with technology. Starting off on Bloomberg.com, specifically Bloomberg Technology. Samsung jumps on the blockchain bandwagon. The world's biggest maker of smartphones and semiconductors may use the technology behind cryptocurrencies to manage its vast global supply network. Samsung Electronics Co. is considered a blockchain ledger system to keep track of global shipments worth tens of billions of dollars a year. According to Song Kwang Wu, the blockchain chief at Samsung SDS Co., the group's logistical and information and technological arm, the system could cut shipping costs by 20%, according to SDS. While companies around the world have said they're planning to deploy blockchain technology on everything from cross-border payments to tracking the life cycle of supermarket chickens, Samsung Group is one of the first global manufacturers to take a serious look in the using the distributed ledgers in its operations. SDS is working on the system for Samsung Electronics, the conglomerate's crown jewel. It would have an enormous impact on the supply chain of manufacturing industries, said Song, who is also vice president at SDS. Blockchain is a core platform to fuel our digital transformation. So Samsung is getting on the blockchain bandwagon and will be utilizing it. And on Inquisitor.com, major tech companies pledge to never help governments launch cyber attacks. Over 30 major technology companies, including Microsoft and Facebook included, have signed a pledge promising not to aid government. 34 major technology companies have signed what the New York Times called a digital Geneva Accord. The Cybersecurity Tech Accord, to quote the official website, is a public commitment among 34 global companies to protect and empower civilians online and to improve the security, stability, and resilience of cyberspace. As the New York Times pointed out, this might signal that Silicon Valley is making a conscious effort to distance itself from the government. Announced today, the Cybersecurity Tech Accord explicitly states the following. Companies will not help governments launch cyber attacks against innocent citizens and enterprises and will protect against tampering or exploitation of their products and services through every stage of technology development, design, and distribution. Apart from that, the companies pledge to protect all consumers globally, regardless of the motivation for cyber attacks. The 34 companies include giants such as Facebook, Cisco, Microsoft, Nokia, and Oracle. Earlier this month, a letter signed by thousands of Google's employees were made available to the public. In it, the signees argued that Google should not be in the business of war. The newly signed Cybersecurity Tech Accord clearly indicates that 33 other companies think alike. We're living in a generation of new weapons and where cyberspace has become the new battlefield, Microsoft President Brad Smith said during a speech today. Reuters reported. Mr. Smith led the efforts to organize the Silicon Valley Alliance. The Cybersecurity Tech Accord follows a year that witnessed devastatingly destructive cyber attacks. One of them, a ransomware crypto worm dubbed WannaCry, lasted for three days starting on May 12, 2017. WannaCry targeted Windows powered devices. The crypto worm would infect devices, encrypt data, and extort ransom payments. According to Reuters, it may have netted North Korean hackers groups, which which are thought to be behind the attack. 
millions in virtual currencies. No government has officially responded to tech companies officially uniting and disobeying them, so to speak. At the Future of War conference, hosted by the New America Foundation in Washington, D.C., on April 9th, the Pentagon's Undersecretary of Defense for Research and Engineering, Mike Griffith, stressed that the United States needs to join the international artificial intelligence arms race. At the same conference, as the Inquisitor reported, General Stephen W. Wilson, the Air Force Vice Chief to Staff, downplayed the concerns Google employees had expressed, perhaps signaling that governments are not ready to give up on Silicon Valley just yet. It remains to be seen whether the, whether the cybersecurity tech accord will force them to do so. And on RT.com, robots mayoral race, an AI candidate, an artificial intelligent candidate, gets thousands of votes in a Japanese city. A robot promising to be fair and balanced to all its constituents has picked up thousands, thousands of votes in a mayoral election in Tama City area of Tokyo. Policies for the future and a promise to lead the next generation were among the electoral pledges that the artificially intelligent candidate, who went by the name Michihito Matsuda, said it would implement. Artificial intelligence will change Tama City, Matsuda's campaign slogan read, and the claim clearly struck a chord with many residents as the robot garnered 4,000 votes in the race. However, Matsuda finished in third place in the election, which was comfortably won by the incumbent Hiroyuki Abe, NHK reports. Matsuda was the face of the campaign, but the human brains behind the operation were a high-powered Japanese businessman, Tetsuzo Matsumoto, the vice president of SoftBank, and Norio Murakami, former Google Japan rep representative, AutoQuest reports, despite these tech-savvy connections, a robot identical to Matsuda is, is still available for purchase online, and the candidate's official website was pretty poorly designed and contained apparent coding er errors. So robots, artificially intelligent robots, are running for public office. And in this town, garnered 4,000 votes. That says a lot for the people, the persons that are in office that it was running up against. And on BBC.com, Facebook seeks facial recognition consent in the EU and Canada. Facebook has started asking European and Canadian users to let it use facial recognition technology to identify them in photos and videos. Facebook originally began face-matching users outside Canada in 2011, but stopped doing so for EU citizens following year after protests from regulators and privacy campaigners. The new request is one of several opt-in permissions being rolled out in advance of the new data privacy law. The move is likely to be controversial. The company is currently embroiled in a privacy scandal related to its use of members' personal information by the political consultancy Cambridge Analytica. The social network is also facing a class action lawsuit in the U.S. for deploying the facial recognition technology there without users' explicit consent. Biometric identification and tracking across the billions of photos on the platform exacerbates serious privacy risk to users, commented Silky Carlo, director of the U.K. civil liberties group Big Brother Watch. 
Facebook now has a duty to prove it has learned how to respect the law, not to prove it can take its surveillance capabilities to new depths. So Facebook is trying to identify people in the EU and also in Canada. And on Engadget.com, Siren, an unreal engine, blurs the line between CGI and reality. She's a digital personality created using a new real-time motion capture technology. Epic Games has been obsessed with real-time motion capture for years, but the company is now trying to take its experiments with the technology one step further. Enter Siren. Isn't that name interesting? Siren. For ones that have overstanding, look up the definition of Siren. A digital personality that it created alongside a few prominent firms in the gaming industry, Vicon, Cubic Motion, Three Lateral, and Tencent, which just became a major investor in Ubisoft. The crazy thing about Siren is that she comes to life using live mocap tech powered by software from Vicon that can make her body and finger movements be captured and live streamed into an Unreal Engine project. Back in 2016, Epic Games teased the live motion capture technology first used for Hellblade. Hmm. Hellblade, which was stunning and showed the potential of tech. With its new iteration, though the company says it hopes to take live captured digital humans, live captured digital humans to the next level. Siren is a high fidelity digital character based on the likeness of an actress, Benjie Zhang from China. And Epic Games says she's only the start. This has a larger implication, not just for games, but for other industries like film, marketing, and advertising. Imagine if actors didn't have to come in to do their work. It just had to be someone who looked remotely like them. Epic Games said that GDC 2018, it wanted to test the potential of Cubic Motion's facial performance capture system and show how it enables real-time face animation to mirror human emotion. The company said that recreating the subtle intricacies of movement can be the difference between realistic digital recreation and a trip into the uncanny valley. The uncanny valley is when CGI doesn't look realistic at all and doesn't require any pre- or post production editing. That's why real-time, essentially cloning of analog subjects is so important. It's creepy for sure. It's creepy. I'm looking at a picture. This looks like a real person. And this reminds me of that movie that came out in 2002, Sim 1. If anyone remembers, um, when um, a producer's film is endangered when a star walks off, so he decides to digitally create an actress to substitute for the star, becoming an overnight sensation that everyone thinks is a real person. Remember that movie, Sim 1? Well, now it's reality. And on businessinsider.com, a robot can build a $300,000 home in four months. Constructing a home by hand can be both expensive and time-consuming, especially when the home features a custom design. Some home builders have chosen to automate part of the construction process instead. A new architectural startup called Branch Technology uses 3D printing robots that can construct parts for homes. The company will build a prototype of its first home designed by architecture firm WATG this year in Chattanooga, Tennessee. 
Branch's machines will print the walls, roof, and floor of a 1,000-square-foot model over the span of a few months, and then a construction crew will assemble the components on site. The cost of the prototype, somewhere between $300,000 and $400,000, will be higher than what Branch eventually hopes to offer to customers. The project's larger goal is to push the boundaries of 3D printing and construction. So they'll be able to 3D print a $300,000 home and have it completely done in four months. And on digitaltrends.com, non-evasive brain zapping can make your hands feel things in VR and virtual reality. There are all kinds of interesting controllers and haptic feedback experiments designed to make the virtual world feel more lifelike and immersive. One recent piece of research from the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology could help out in this regard, and all thanks to a bit of trusty brain zapping action. It's a twist on so-called rubber hand illusion, in which a subject can be made to feel a connection with the fake rubber hand when they see one being touched at the same time as their own real hand is touched. The result is both a feeling of ownership and agency over the rubber hand. In this case, neuroscience researchers were able to recreate the effect without actually touching a volunteer by instead zapping their brain. Okay, zapping their brain using a safe process called transcranial magnetic stimulation. They say it's safe. We showed that in healthy volunteers, it is possible to induce the illusory feeling that a virtual hand belongs to them and that they can control it. Researcher Michaela Bosolino told Digital Trends, this has been obtained by stimulating the motor cortex so that it was possible to activate subjects' hands, muscles, and to induce involuntary short movements. To induce involuntary short movements in the subject's hand. If during the stimulation, subjects observed a virtual hand moving at the same time in the same way as their own movements, participants achieved the illusory sensation that the virtual hand is part of their body and that they can control it. The illusion does not work if the virtual hand moves out of synchrony with respect to the subject's movements. Out of the 32 volunteers, 80% experienced the effect during two minutes of stimulation. Bolsolino said that the effect may be achievable with video instead of virtual reality, but the, but the VR has the benefit of being more immersive experience. Where this is to be applied to mainstream applications, she suggested that it could be used for everything from video games to helping patients with sensory and motor deficit after a stroke who have reduced their perception of their body. So they're going to be using brain zapping to help you feel things and an illusion of virtual reality. And on statnews.com, a miniature human brain grow for months when implanted in mice skulls. The mice behave just like others of their kind as far as scientists could tell. They also look the same, except for the human mini-brain that had been implanted into each rodent's own cortex, made visible by a little clear cover replacing part of their skull. The report on Monday by scientists at the Salk Institute is the first publication successfully describing an implant of human cerebral organoids and to the brains of another species. With the host brain supplying the lentil-sized mini-cerebums with enough blood and nutrients to keep them alive and developing for months. 
It won't be the last as the scientists use the approach to understand human brain development and to test whether the tiny entities might one day serve as a cortical repair kits, replacing regions of the brain that have been injured or failed to develop normally. It's an important technical advance, Mm-mm-mm. said neuroscientist Michael Starrock of the State University of New York, Buffalo, who created human cerebral organoids to study schizophrenia, an important initial step toward using organoids in regenerative medicine. So there are organoids, okay, fake organs. And they're putting tiny brain organoids into rodents. And so this is triggering ethical concerns, you know? I mean, can't they find other things to put science toward? Than this, you know, disgusting abomination. Just blows my mind. And moving forward on enginesight.com, E J I N S I G H T, enginesight.com, China Bank goes staffless at a branch and robots replace tellers. Okay, robots have now replaced tellers. Welcome to the first branch of a bank in China without tellers. Customers enter through electronic turnstiles using an identity or bank card. Then a machine certifies who they are through face recognition. Then they choose between an assortment of ATMs and other machines, which enable them to conduct more than 90% of the cash and non-cash business of a conventional bank. These include opening an account, transferring money, foreign exchange, gold investment, and wealth management products. A wealthy client who insists on talking to a real person can reserve a private room to talk to a relationship manager via video. <laughs> they will have the people via video. You are looking at the future, said Liang. This will be the trend of the future. Branches without staff. Branches without staff. That's the future. Okay? And on Politico.eu... Europe is divided over robot personhood. Robot personhood. Think lawsuits involving humans are tricky? Try taking an intelligent robot to court. While autonomous robots with human-like, all-encompassing capabilities are still decades away, European lawmakers, legal experts, and manufacturers are already locked in a high-stakes debate about their legal status, whether it's, whether it's these machines or human beings who should bear the ultimate responsibility for their action. The battle goes back to a paragraph of text buried deep in a European Parliament report from early 2017, which suggests that self-learning robots could be granted electronic personalities. Self-learning robots could be granted electronic personalities. This is in the European Parliament report from 2017. Such a status could allow robots to be insured individually and be held liable for damages if they go rogue and start hurting people or damaging property. Those pushing for such legal change, including some manufacturers and their affiliates, say that, say that the proposal is common sense. Legal personhood would not make robots virtual people who, who can get married and benefit from human rights. They say it would merely put them on par with corporations, which already have status as legal persons, and are treated as such by courts around the world. But as robots and artificial intelligence become hot-button political issues on both sides of the Atlantic, MEP and Vice Chair of the European Parliament's Legal Affairs Committee, Maddie Delvaux, 
and other proponents of legal changes face stiffening opposition in a letter to the European Commission seen by Politico and expected to be unveiled Thursday, 156 artificial intelligence experts hailing from 14 European countries, including computer scientists, law professors, and CEOs, warned that granting robots legal personhood would be inappropriate from a legal and ethical perspective. You think? So the report from the Parliament's Legal Affairs Committee recommended the idea of giving robots electronic personalities and could become a model for laws across Europe if turned into regulatory framework. Delavaux said that while she was not sure that legally defining robots as personalities was a good idea, she was more and more convinced that current legislation was insufficient to deal with the complex issues surrounding liability and self-learning machines and that all options should be put on the table. The AI experts behind the letter to the European Commission strongly disagree. By adopting legal personhood, we are going to erase the responsibility of manufacturers, said Nathalie Nevergines, a French law professor at the Université d'Etoile, who was driving force behind the letter. Noel Sharkey, Emeritus Professor of the Artificial Intelligence and Robots at the University of Sheffield, who also signed on, added that by seeking legal personhood for robots, manufacturers were merely trying to absolve themselves of responsibility for the actions of their machines. The European Parliament position was what I'd call a slimy way of manufacturers getting out of their responsibilities, he said. This is really interesting, you know. So now they're talking about black box robots. You know, each side turns up the volume of its advocacy, and one thing is clear, money is pouring into the field of robotics, and so the debate is set to turn louder. So they want to give robots personhood and have them have personalities, electronic personalities. Ones have to be awake and aware. <laughs> they are making moves that will affect the lives of our children and our grandchildren, and so ones that have the ability to have a stake in the claim and have a say-so need to do so immediately in Yeshua's name. We're going to take a music moment and come back with Herbnology. Blessings and grace.
blessings and grace, and I'm back with herbnology. Now, according to Matthew 17:20, and Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Now, these are impressive benefits of mustard. Health benefits of mustard include relief from muscular pains, psoriasis, ringworm, contact dermatitis, and respiratory disorders. Different parts of the mustard plant have been proven beneficial in treating cancer, diabetes, and detoxifying the body. It has poison-repelling qualities, exerts therapeutic effects on the nerves, and helps maintain cardiac health. It promotes healthy skin and hair, lowers cholesterol, and is a wonderful botanical for women during menopause. Now, mustard plant brings an entire gamut of helpful constituents through its various edible parts. Seeds of its plant are rich source of minerals such as calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, and potassium. Along with this, it's a good source of dietary folate and vitamin A as well. Mustard greens or leaves of mustard plants are an excellent source of essential minerals including potassium, calcium, and phosphorus. It's also a good source of magnesium and dietary fiber. The immense wealth of vitamin content offered by mustard green includes a profuse amount of vitamin A and vitamin K with folate, and vitamin C is also present in decent amounts. Now the health benefits, the the phenolic components and other valuable nutrients present in different parts of the mustard plant, such as seeds, leaves, and oil, collectively offer a magnitude of health benefits with a unique flavor. The efficacy of mustard plant for therapeutic usage, it prevents cancer. Okay, um, being a member of the Brassia family, the seeds of mustard plant contain generous amounts of healthy phytonutrients that are valuable against various cancers such as bladder, colon, and cervical cancer. Various studies have suggested that the anti-cancer effects of these components inhibiting the growth of cancer cells and even guard against the formation of such malignant cells. And it treats psoriasis. Tiny mustard seeds are effective against psoriasis, which is a chronic inflammatory autoimmune disorder. According to the study, treatment with the seeds also stimulates the activities of good enzymes and that encourages protective and healing actions in such diseases. And it relieves contact dermatitis. Mustard seeds offer therapeutic relief in contact dermatitis. Investigative research has suggested that consumption of its seeds helps in the healing of symptoms associated with contact dermatitis, such as healing of tissue and reduction in ear swelling. It improves cardiovascular health. Mustard oil is a hearty choice when it comes to choosing cooking oil. Studies conducted to assess its effects on patients suspected of heart attack demonstrated positive results with respect to reduction in the rate of cardiac arrhythmia, decrease the ventricle enlargement and the chest pain associated with it. And relief from respiratory disorders, mustard seeds have been valued for their therapeutic effects in 
curing cold and sinus problems. It's a wonderful decongestant and expectorant, which helps in clearing the mucus in the air passage. In Ayurveda, its seeds are considered as a food with the warmer tendency and are prized for its healing effects in the calming vata and kapha. Since ages, different home remedies have involved the usage of mustard seeds or oil for treating a range of sinus-related ailments. They include an addition of ground mustard seeds in a foot soak for releasing the congestion in the respiratory organs and gargling with tea made of mustard seeds for soothing a sore throat to name a th to just name a few. The seeds have also been found effective in curing chronic bronchitis. During an asthma attack, massaging a mix of mustard oil and a small amount of camphor promotes easy breathing by breaking down phlegm, and a plaster or poultice made of its seeds has been used since olden times for treating bronchitis and to stimulate health, healthy blood circulation in the body, and it cures aches. Poultices or plaster made from mustard, from mustard seeds help in curing pains and spasms as well. Mustard has properties that, when applied as a plaster, exercises analgesic effects and provides relief from paralysis of limbs, rheumatism, and other muscular aches. Another important advice to note here is that mustard plaster has warmer effects and may cause sore blistering or blistering if applied directly on the naked skin. So to avoid that, a linen sheet should be used amidst the skin and the plaster. And poison repulsion. Mustard seeds possess emetic qualities which resist the effects of poison on the body. A deconcoction made with its seeds helps in cleansing the body, especially if the poisoning is caused by narcotics or excess intake of alcohol. It treats ringworm. Antibacterial properties of mustard seeds have been proven effective in curing the lesions caused by ringworm. Topical application made of a paste of mustard seed on clean skin washed with warm water helps in soothing the symptoms associated with ringworms. Skin and hair care. It serves as a wonderful beauty aid. Henna leaves boiled with mustard oil help stimulate healthy hair growth. Mustard seeds roasted in sesame or coconut oil enrich the resultant sieved oil and make an effective cure for acne and promote a clearer infection and a healing effect on nerves. Mustard plant has heat-inspiring nature, which may benefit some individuals suffering nerve damage. It helps in stimulating the healing process by arousing the impulses and has an invigorating effect on the nerves. It controls diabetes. Mustard leaf is excellent for diabetes. Studies have demonstrated that the antioxidation activities of mustard plant, which helps in the neutralizing the effects of oxygen-free molecules and protects against the damages caused by oxidative stress in diabetes. And it has cholesterol-lowering ability. And the leaves of the mustard plant have tremendous cholesterol-lowering power. These greens are a nutritional powerhouse and are instrumental in reducing the development of blockages in the arteries and preventing disorders like arterial sclerosis and vitamin b6 content present in these greens prevents the platelets from clumping and moderate risk and moderates the risk of thrombosis it treats menopause mustard greens may prove valuable for women during the menopausal phase magnesium along with calcium present in it encourages bone health and prevents bone loss 
associated with menopause. It aids in detoxification. The mustard greens help support the detox system of the body, attributing to the presence of a powerful antioxidants and fiber. And um, get you some mustard greens, okay, and some mustard seeds. And have faith in it so that it could build up the strength in you. In Yeshua's name, we're going to take a music moment and come back with the metaphysics of the moment. Edge of a cliff, mist in the wind, sound of the sea, a vast abyss and me, a golden retriever pillaged for precious metals, lack of pedigree, a fatal diagnosis, relegated from riches and stricken with neurosis, black, bare, and broken, a chronic hypnosis, and she rocks on the edge of the cliff, pebbles plummet beneath her, she wrestles with the rift between hopelessness and possibility and reality and probability and cause and effect and cause and effect and maybe if I leap I won't be wretched and wrecked maybe just maybe I'll fly Standing at what they tell me is the precipice With the evidence that to stifle is the mission I envision cotton picking and wiping ancestors' brow with my success A shade darker than the most blinding night And they wonder why shade can't dissuade this light Amazed at heights I claim they say my lineage is limiting Not knowing I ain't always been slave Been queen, been ruler, been culture, been cooler the black hand side, black matter alive, a breathing movement, earth stoked by fire, and I'll fly. Bye. 
and culture I'd see to the man of the future Tell it to the young and strong woman Because the knowledge is the key for a free man Italy and Africa have given birth to me Two different cultures but my parents my were free I'm not like a white cause I want my knees browning Mixing up the color one another you will see For a long time some of them try to deceive me yeah. For a long time some of them try to oppress a part of me Babylon's tomb is confusing us A fetinja, that is your power Don't have no fear, let's climb the tower Stand proud on the battlefield, Pocha is your shield Do you know your roots and culture? Ask it to the man of the future Tell it to the young and strong woman Because the knowledge is the key for a free man Do you know your roots and culture? up that metaphysical grave that had been dug for you, the part of you, the spark that lays buried. That is what's going to open you up. That's what's going to give you the ability to escape, escape your metaphysical mind, 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 mind. Blessings and grace, and I'm back with the metaphysics of the moment. Now power, the metaphysical meaning of power. Power is man's innate control over his thoughts and feelings. A quickening 
From on high must proceed his realization of dominion. The realization of dominion, self-sovereignty. Ye shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, Acts 1.8, God is all power, thus all things are possible with him. The mind and the body of man have power to transform energy from one plane of consciousness to another. This is the power and dominion implanted in man from the beginning. The climax of man's power and dominion is set forth in the resurrection and ascension of the type man, Yeshua. In mind, power is increased through exalted ideas. These show us the relation between the world without and the mind within, and we find that they are parallel. Whatever you see in the external, you may be assured it has its parallel in mind. The same law is operating in the spiritual realm and the material realm under different masks of manifestation. The one thing to understand is that whatever we see without is controlled by something within. This law, once revealed to the mind, clears up the whole creation and shows how the Most High works. Man is the power of the Most High in action. To man is given the highest power in the universe, the conscious power of thought. There is a universal creative force that urges man forward to the recognition of the creative power of his individual thought. This thought is elemental, and its all its attributes come under the dominion of man. When he cooperates with principle, man sits on the throne of his authority, and the elemental force is subjected to him. Spiritual power is omnipresent. It is released in our body by spiritualizing our consciousness. This divine energy will surge through us when we erase negative thoughts from consciousness and become one, and become one with the God mind. And strength, the metaphysical meaning of strength, is the energy of God. Freedom from weakness, stability of character, power to withstand temptation, capacity to accomplish. Strength is physical, mental, and spiritual. All strength originates in spirit, the thought and the word spiritually expressed being the manifestation. And the meaning of resurrection, the metaphysical meaning of resurrection, the restoring of mind and body to their original undying state. Restoring the mind and body to their original undying state. This is accomplished by the realization that the Most High is spirit and that the Most High created man with power like that which he himself possesses. When man realizes this, his mind and body automatically become immortal. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwelleth in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall give life also to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwelleth in you. Romans 8.11 The word resurrection also suggests that there has been a falling short of the divine standard, therefore the necessity of being restored and revived. Through resurrection, man becomes an inhabitant here and now of a new heaven and a new earth. Revelation 21.1 Yeshua was raised from the dead. He overcame death in the body. For since by man came 
death. By man came also the resurrection of the dead. Physical death is not necessary. We all shall not sleep, but we shall be all changed. 1 Corinthians 15, 21 and 51. The power of resurrection is the Christ. I am the resurrection and the life. John eleven twenty five. This resurrection is not of the future, but hath now been manifested by our Savior, Yeshua, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light. 2 Timothy 1.10 Yeshua, absolute principle, the God, idea man, is the true resurrecting power and life in each of us here and now. Yeshua resurrected his body through the spiritual I am dwelling in him. The resurrection takes place in us every time we rise to Yeshua's realization of the perpetual indwelling life. The perpetual indwelling life that is connecting us with the Father. A new flood of life comes to all who open their minds and their bodies to the living word of the Most High. And moving forward into the Nag Hammadi in the Gnostic Library, the thunder, perfect mind, just a, just a small portion. I was sent forth from the power, and I have come to those who reflect upon me, and I have been found among those who seek after me. Look upon me, you who reflect upon me, and you hearers, hear me. You who are waiting for me, take me to yourselves, and do not banish me from your sight, and do not make your voice hate me, nor your hearing. Do not be ignorant of me, anywhere or any time. Be on your guard. Don't be ignorant of me. The thunder, perfect mind. Take these words into your soul and to your spirit and let them take hold. And overstand the indwelling spirit of everlasting life that was put inside you by the Most High. And resurrect yourself and your power within. In Yeshua's name, blessings and grace.
Listen yourself today if you ain't changing Patience, we raise the hatred Replacing with smiling faces Good graces and pleasant nature Expressed in lively behavior See highly entertained, educated races Of ancient ages had taste to gaze at space And amazement and today the faithless remain complacent Faith is a strange arrangement Rearranging, tainted by races To reframe from pain the wages And placing the wages I'm waiting on acres to lay vacant so we can plant plantations Practice our patience and lay foundation To a proud nation Built by the proud with the nominated natives Ten out of ten days spent chasing The day I could lay in the rays By the bay and just gaze at the waves But I'm stuck in the maze and amazing rays Coming last place Blessings and grace. I'd like to thank you for joining me again for another offering of Women's Wednesday. I'd like to thank my co-host, which is the musical frequency that accompanies and helps me express. That was just Nubian Riot featuring Hun Be Good. That was Kasaba, followed by Sun Ra Godspell, Sister Awa, Roots and Culture, Dom Jones, Blackbird, Honey Sweet by Josh Milan, Princess Kazaya, Armageddon, Afro Brothers, Drum Soul Musica, Anissa Strings, Road Less Traveled, Rima, Due Time, Black Einstein, Osiris, Unifying Vibes, Chocolate, You Got It All, Rima, High Powers, Princess Kazaya, The Mission, Maya Angelou, Still I Rise, Iznave, Changes and Rearranges, Jess CX, Hey, Earthology, The Whitefield Brothers featuring Bajaka, Sarak, True Mastery, Ja Nine, Prosper, and Frankie Knuckles, The Whistle Song, Esperanza, The Time Is Now, and Flying Lotus, Early Mountain. Blessings, grace, and love to all. And may you resurrect and stand and own in the power that resides within. <laughs>